Um, do we have apologies on the NA side? None, Chairperson. Okay. Uh, Chair, 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 Okay, Honorable Horn, thank you very yes. much. Yes, uh, is the minister present? Secretary, is the minister, is the minister present? Oh, Hi, okay. Yes, Jefferson, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Uh, minister, you seem to be back to square one. You seem to be darker again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me try and anger. Yeah, just try a new anger, Minister. He's talking about the highlight. You must be ready to avoid that. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's me. Is it better? Yeah. It's better. I think it's better. Okay. Can honorable members uh, unmute their microphones? And we will, uh, when you all unmute your microphones, there is a lot of background noise that I hear. You mean, you mean mute? Or? A lot of operational questions. A lot of operational questions were answered, um, but we have invited the minister. There is a background. There is a background. Uh, can we deal with that? There's there's some background noise there. So we agreed that we will uh, have this uh, second engagement with the minister today, and we are happy that the minister has agreed. Um, the minister last week made the presentation. What was left was for the members to ask questions and to engage with the minister further. Um, is, um, if that is agreeable, honorable members, uh, I will generally ask uh, members to raise their hands, but it will be better if members indicate on the chat side if they want to speak, but those who want to raise their hands or raise their voices so that we can note them, they can do that. The minister is here to engage with us. Uh, can I have people who want to ask questions? Let's 
Honorable James Salf. Swat, please, Chair. I can't indicate by raising my hand. That, that's fine. That is also fine. We are noted. We will have Honorable James Salf, followed by Honorable Swart. Honorable James Salf. Thank you very much, Chairperson, uh, and good afternoon to you. I really like to ask the Minister whether he can give some clarity surrounding the announced release of prisoners uh, from our correctional centres, uh, whether it's all happening, uh, how many, when, if you could just take us through the process of deciding who gets released, who doesn't get released, um, because obviously this is causing a degree of consternation in the public. Thank you very much, Honourable Self. Uh, Honourable Swart, followed by Honourable Horn. Thank you, Chairperson, and thank you for this opportunity. Chair, previously on correctional services, the Dr. Nlozi indicated screening was not helping, and I, having experienced this COVID-19 myself, would tend to agree with him. And I would ask the Minister, and I know the Correctional Services um, Commissioner, I don't know if he's on board as well, but in alternate with distancing and issues related, the difficulty in prisons, should one not try to rather quarantine sick people and the vulnerable, separate those people in prisons, and try to boost the immune systems of, of, of your uh, inmates with vitamin C, zinc, that is what we used, and it was very helpful. So I know that the commissioner was indicated, so what should he do? And then, Minister, just generally speaking, we are sensing increasing frustration from members of the public about certain of the regulations. You indicated that you were open to mediation about these processes. There's great concern about the need, for example, and asked you this Last week, you weren't able to answer. Maybe you can ask, um, answer me, answer this issue, the need for a curfew, the issue relating to jogging. These seem to me to be very uh, invasive almost. And I would urge government and the minister to look at these. If you look at some of the regulations now and some of the admissions of guilt, Leave place of residence, walk, run, or cycle, 500 rand. That to me is verging on the day minibus rule. And maybe the NPA can also comment on that. The additional burden that these minimal infractions are causing. So I'd like a comment from the minister about the regulations, as well as whether there's been an improvement in the inconsistent application. We're hearing reports of people that want to return. The regulations allow one return, but they've been held up at police roadblocks. So again, there seems to be a disconnect between the department and the imposition of the regulations. Then I would like the minister lastly just to sign off. Does the department approve every regulation? Because there are coming, as I indicated, a great concern. Whilst we need to understand public health, at the same time, the imposition on freedom of movement, freedom of association. So thank you, Chairperson, for allowing me an extra minute or two. No, thank you very much. Um, um, you'll be followed by Honorable Horn. 
I have also an honorable new vote who will, who will, who will follow honorable Horn and honorable Mola who will follow honorable new vote. Honorable Horn. And I have my hand up, Mr. So I'd also like to ask questions, please, Glennis. And then after honorable Mola, it will be honorable Glennis Breitenbach. Okay. Uh, honorable Horn. Also, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, and uh, yes, unfortunately, my system froze when the Honourable Self was on the floor. So if I ask something that he has addressed already, please uh, just uh, uh, excuse that. Um, yeah, Chair, my question to the Minister today really turns on the, the, the functionality of our whole legal system. Um, and whether the minister can give an indication to us uh, sorry, what... Sorry, yes. Members and other invitees, can you please mute your mics? There is a terrible background noise that we are hearing. Thank you very much. Uh, continue, Honorable Hon. Yeah, thank you, Chair. So uh, what we saw during... Uh, the, 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 the lockdown level five, as we now uh, know it, the first uh, weeks, is that except for criminal cases dealing with COVID-related transgressions, as well as uh, limiting uh, civil matters to, to urgent, urgent matters, all other... Uh, uh, exercises in, in, in law has been put on ice. Uh, from what I understand, that situation is, is going to be prolonged for the duration of level four lockdown as well. Um, as it is, uh, legal practitioners, uh, apart from those who is uh, conveyances, is not back at, office, at the office yet. So whilst we see that the economy is being opened up to an extent with what they call, uh, they say one and a half million workers returning to work today, for all practical purposes, the whole legal system um, is virtually still uh, in a state of limbo. And, and, and that can't be healthy for our constitutional democracy. Others has already referred to the, the growing unease amongst the public, but it is very, very dangerous also to preclude people from, from legal contracting during level four. And I would like the, the minister to just give us an indication as to how, how he sees legal practice on the one hand, but specifically our court system getting into a bigger state of functionality. Uh, we've been sent the, the uh, master's office uh, directives uh, by Bonani just prior to this meeting. And if one reads through this, it, it's a carefully thought out uh, process enabling the master to provide services and for, for that part of the, the, of, of the law, again, to become functional. But in respect of our court system, unfortunately, 
we don't see the same. Um, pre, uh, last week when we, we talk, talked about this, the, I asked the question and, and uh, it was not really answered as to whether we, the department has done an exercise to ascertain what now the, the status will be of what we call the backlog role. We know from previous engagements with the department that depending on, on how they define backlog cases, anything from 33,000 to 40,000 cases historically has been on the backlog role. Um, civil matters the same. Uh, I mean, it, it's that very tired old truism of, of justice delayed is justice denied. People need to also, from a civil uh, litigation point of view, need to go get into our courts to, to exercise their rights. It's part of also their uh, way of surviving um, in tough financial times uh, is to get access to courts in order to get the courts to assist them with, with declarations that they are entitled to payment, for example. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if, if the minister could give us his ideas of how this will unfold in the weeks to come. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's try and assist Honorable Horn. Uh, his, I think the background noise there is very high. Uh, let's try and assist him. Um, now we will ask uh, Honorable Nibold to ask a question. I think after Honorable Nibold, it will be Honorable Mola then Honourable Clayton-Bath. After that, we will ask the Minister to respond, and then we will go to the second round of questions. Honourable Newport. May, may I be not a Chair Enoch yeah, Thank you, Chair. Um, am I clear? Honourable Mteto. In, in the next round, Honourable Mteto. Thank you, Chair. Sorry, Chair. Sorry, Chair. Am I clear? My voice? Yes, you are very clear. Okay, uh, good afternoon, colleagues, and thank you, Chair. Good afternoon to all the Honourable Members, as well as the Honourable Minister. Um, I have two questions. An update on, from last week's meeting. Um, if the Minister has anything to update us, what you've learned from the justice system, anything that we can do better. And then secondly, um, if the inmates test positive, if an inmate tests positive for COVID-19, how do you isolate them? Um, we know that we are overcrowded and, um, you know, so the isolation, especially in terms of the, med are, the are they then moved to a specialized medical area? So just those two questions. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Mola. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I've got three questions or four. Uh, Minister, how are you going to deal with the 19,000 low-risk prisoners that are going to be released? What is the procedure? My second question, do you have enough PPEs in all correctional services? My third question, uh, are prison warders screened every day when they report to duty because they are coming from outside? They are coming from their homes. My last question is, 
inmates that inmates tested positive in Eastern Cape, Udama, and other prisons. How many recoveries and deaths? Can you please give give us the the updated stats? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Glennis Breitenbach. This out. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, uh, Mr. Minister, thank you. Uh, we can't huh? see you. We can't see you. We only see your nice kitchen. Well, it's uh, better than seeing me, I promise you. Um, Mr. Minister, I can't move. Though. I'm at the end of the table. Um, okay. Would you? I sent you a letter last week, but um, you haven't obviously had time to reply. So what I asked you in the letter is this, and I would like to hear your reply, and you're welcome to uh, answer the letter in writing. I'd be very grateful to receive your written reply as well. Uh, But the question is this, uh, what are the specific reasons underpinning the imposition of a curfew? What is the legal framework in terms of which it is imposed? And what is the rational justification for such a measure? And how precisely will the curfew assist in slowing or stopping the spread of the COVID virus? Uh, a similar question then, why um, uh, Why is there a, a, I don't know what to call it, but to be polite, I'll call it a rule, uh, that exercise can only take place between six and nine in the mornings, and how will this help to stop the spread of the virus? What is the plan? that uh, Justice has in mind to deal with the thousands of people that paid admission of guilt fines uh, for these, again, I'll be polite, COVID regulations, uh, without knowing that doing so would result in them having a criminal record. How are you going to deal with those people who overnight have now gained a criminal record? Criminal trials are not proceeding. Uh, what is the plan in place to deal with a growing backlog? Courts are not sitting. There's no uniformity of rules and practices across provinces. Why is this? It's completely unnecessary for courts not to sit. It's very easy to practice safe distancing in courts. There can be no rational reason why courts, even criminal courts, cannot sit. Uh, thank you. I'd like answers to those for this round. Thank you very much. Uh, I would also appeal to honorable members that um, you can ask your questions, but we are also interested uh, in views that members and parties would have to ensure that we enrich the process uh, and issues that you would think that the minister must take to the council for consideration. So as we ask questions, we must also think about suggestions that we think that uh, could uh, also make the process to be much more better. Um, Honorable Minister. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. I'm not sure if you can hear me. Yes, we can say you can hear you. Oh, it looks like the camera. Oh, no, the camera is on. The camera is on. Yes, now we can see you. Oh, okay. No, thank you. And uh, thank you for the questions. With a better complexion now. 
<laughs> yeah, no, thanks, uh, Chairperson. I think there are two questions uh, asked by Honorable Selfie and Honorable Mela with regards to the release of the 19,000 uh, prisons. I should state, uh, Chairperson, that uh, what has caused this um, confusion is a leak or speculations that are there in the public domain. And uh, Honorable DM Olomisa has answered the, this uh, question in the last sitting. So I don't want to add to any confusion into the public domain or to any speculation. I think, uh, Chairperson, it will be better we leave it at that uh, response of Honorable Holomisa, because any further addition by ourselves, uh, myself, may further fuel the confusion in, in society. I think it will be good when uh, we could uh, await uh, the announcement, if there will be any, on the matter, because that will come with the, all the necessary information. To give a background to the, to the committee is that uh, from the onset, um, when the COVID-19 related issues uh, were reported by uh, and were, were confirmed by, as, an as an issue of international concern by the World Health Organization, the department started preparations of dealing with the cases internally and also to look at whether what are the various measures that can be implemented to, to respond to the situation? Hence, uh, from the first announcement by the president, he immediately also announced the suspension of, uh, of visits into the centers, which um, from, the, from our perspective and the department, our view is that that has also helped us to buy time because uh, up until the middle of the of the declaration of the state of disaster uh, most it was uh, it go, it gave us an opportunity to prepare various sides to also prepare internally how to respond to the to the to the to the virus including what the department has presented to the committee in terms of the of the measures that have been put in place in terms of the operating standard procedure of what happens, who must do what, and how. So, Chairperson, I do not want to go into the details of... Um, it's not like we do not want to give the committee any further information, but our view is that on this issue of whether there will be a release or non-release, it is still premature uh, at this stage up until the necessary protocols have been concluded and an announcement is made. The, the other one, uh, Chairperson, relates to uh, the questions raised by Honorable Swart uh, about the issue of uh, whether we are able to, to deal with the vitamins or immunization in the centers. <clears throat> the, 
the Department of Health has advised us that uh, we need to practice the measures as simple as possible. The clear measures of washing of hands, the clear measures of cleaning, decontamination, the, the basic uh, measures that are, are being done in all sides of society. The other issue they've raised is that um, the issue of immunization, it's, um, there, there is no real, uh, 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 as you are aware, vaccine on this matter that is recommended uh, by either the World Health Organization or the Department of Health in the country. So the best bet to deal with the virus at this stage is those measures that they've advised us, and we are sticking to those uh, guidelines. They have also stated that it will be important that um, because when you deal with some of these, uh, for example, the flu vaccines, the normal flu or immunity, immunization issues of normal flus, they say the orders are done a year in advance, and then um, it will not be practical or possible for the department to immunize the whole country. So what should happen to the inmates should be what is happening to any South Africans. Hence, the standard operating procedures and the guidelines should be the same as what is happening uh, to any other member of society. And that is what we are, we are following. The other one relates to and the issues of um, the frustrations by members of the public. And I think it's, it's the same question asked by Honorable Swart and uh, Honorable Radenbach on the need for a curfew. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, maybe Honorable members are colloquially referring to it as a curfew because internationally that is how it is referred. But in the regulations, there is no curfew. The regulation speaks about restriction of movement between uh, 8 and, uh, and 5 in the morning. And this came about because, Chairperson, firstly, is that we are dealing with the, the terrain of the unknown. Uh, it's an it's an it's an uncharted territory as how the president described it. So for the first time now about 1.5 million people will be going back to work. So it means there will be a lot of movements that the police will need to, to monitor. They will need to sorry minister. Sorry minister. Can we ensure that our phones are on silence? They are disturbing the meeting. The 079, can you ensure that you go out or you put your phone on silence? Oh seven nine four four five five. Okay, thank you. Can you proceed, Minister? Then it was um, assessed that when people are back from work and uh, others knock off at 7 or 
or six or five. The temptation to now want to go and greet your friends and all those things will be there. And that will increase the burden on the police uh, from that period of eight to five. And there could be many other points of convergence in the various uh, places across the country by people who have just uh, came back from wherever they were uh, prior to the to the lockdown. Uh, and the police said they may need some time for them to be ready uh, to deal with such kind of situations of social distancing and displacing the public. But in the meantime, they will need a restrictions of movement so that they know that from eight to nine to, to, to five, they only deal with people with um, uh, permits for essential uh, uh, services or, or work. With regard to the issue of a uh, jogging chairperson, uh, uh, it is also the same. If, uh, we, if, if the regulations allow jogging for the whole day, it means police for the whole day will have to be monitoring the issue of jogging. But if there's a specific and a prescribed time, it means they deal with, with jogging from six to nine. And during the whole day, they deal with what they're supposed to, to deal with, to, 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 to look at whether there's compliance with the regulations. People are respecting what is supposed to be done and so forth. Because if the opening allows for the whole day, if they meet you, because we are still at level four, with a certain level of restriction of movement, when you go to wherever it must be, there must be a reason in terms of the regulation. So if police meet you at one o'clock, uh, there must be no justification for me to say I'm, uh, I'm joking. There must be justifications in terms of the regulations that this is what I'm going to do and these are the reasons and so forth, which could be justified. So we are, we are dealing with this matter on a balance of um, what the state can be able to handle. And the regulations need to give the state that kind of a breathing space to be able to, to function at a certain given period in time. And uh, we believe this is still within the reasonable limits of um, social distancing, of, 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 of enabling the, the, the country to buy time to ready itself to deal with the situation as and when it, uh, it, it arrives. It is still related to, to COVID-19. It's not a state uh, trying to stretch its muscles. Then the other question I think is from Honorable Horn. I want to mention the names all of them, but uh, he's speaking about the functionality of the whole legal system. Chair, the, the functionality is linked to the stage that we're in, which we are still at level four, and we're at level five. Level four has opened up certain uh, sectors, including legal practitioners uh, uh, doing some of the things that could not have been done at level five, but it's not a full opening. And legal practitioners uh, 
even at level five, they still have a rule because people can still challenge the regulations. They can still, there are still matters that can be attended to in court. But when you look at the international experience uh, chairperson uh, in New York, which is almost like um, the epicenter as we speak of the virus, the, the, I hear Honorable Brandon Buck saying the courts are easy to practice social distancing, which uh, international practice uh, in other countries where uh, uh, judges have, um, have passed on and some of the practitioners has shown that it's not an easy, it's not a, a clear and hard and fast uh, situation because there have been courts uh, in New York where people were the, the, the judges uh, have passed on because of the disease. And um, it therefore necessitated that whoever was present in the court has to be found, tested, and all those kind of uh, realities that come with this uh, uh, COVID-19 virus. So even as we speak in our courts, Chairperson, uh, at the beginning of the when we, the, at the beginning of the declaration of the state of disaster, honorable members might have seen the queues that were in the courts outside for screening, including inside where there could be lots of, uh, of people. But also our courts are paper-laden system, which has also been found to be one of the sources of the spread of the virus. The paper laden system, which will have to move from the clerk, move from the prosecutor to the police, move from the police to the prosecutor, move from the prosecutor to the magistrate. It moves from the magistrate to correctional service. Sometimes it moves from correctional services back to, to, the, to the prosecutor and to the courts. So all those intersections of documents of human beings are proving to be a melting point for for the spread of the of the virus and our clear example has been the first tests in the east london area where whoever came into contact with the correctional services officials who had uh, tested positive prosecutors, inmates, uh, interpreter, everyone who might have come into contact with them, including the presiding officers, had to be quarantined and, uh, and tested. So you can imagine now, uh, Chair, if you look at the Department of Health map, it shows that Houghton, um, uh, the Western Cape, in particular Cape Town, Durban, Peter Maritzburg, East London, PE, Bloemfontein, and all these areas is where most of our law is practiced. Our biggest courts are, are sitting. And uh, as we speak, it's where the virus is spreading at an exponential rate. So 
it, 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 it becomes a fatal ground for a gathering where you will have to have a lot of people that you will have to trace in case anyone is found to have been positive. So these are all the issues that we are sitting and dealing with. So we had a responsibility to protect the members of the public in terms of the guidelines and the advices of the Department of Health, which we are applying. But we were very careful to allow the heads of the courts and the judiciary to determine which cases can be heard and how. Even, for example, on civil cases, you would have seen some that have been using technology. And um, it is for that reason, Chairperson, uh, I suspect why Honorable Bradenbach says there could be a confusion of directions from the various uh, parts of the country. It, 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 our view is that we cannot really instruct the judiciary what and how they can hear. And hence, even in our directions, we still leave the discretion in their hands. Ours the most is to say to the members of the public, you cannot access being in this large number, this is how we must regulate, and to a certain extent deal with issues that are within our terrain and leave some of the issues for the directions of the heads of the courts, whom also have also looked at the, at the level four restrictions that were in and issues the directions in line with that and also guided by the Department of, of, of Health as, as, as guidelines. So all these are the factors that we, we, we are dealing with. And the other factor, Chairperson, which has been clearly advised by the Department of Health are people with a, of above 60 and with what they call comorbidities or underlying uh, diseases who are vulnerable to to the disease. So even within the department, these are people that we are dealing with to say they should not uh, work in high-risk high uh, exposure areas. So it's the same for the whole entire criminal uh, uh, justice system. So we're operating in a difficult environment for, 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 for all of us, but we believe that as we move along, we will be able to gradually deal with the issues because some of the unknown issues will become known and it will be easy for us to, to make a clear and determined rules for the functioning of the system. Do the Because it's difficult to make Johan. rules and policies uh, dealing with things uh, of the unknown. But what is very clear, Chairperson, for us is that um, for the criminal justice system, even for the foreseeable future. The, the immediate solution is what we spoke about from our budget votes when we started in the department, the, the modernization of the criminal justice system, automation, digitization, and using the, var the other various uh, platforms that can enable the, the, the system to function without physical contact of the people in the system. It is still a long route, but we believe um, it is what we need to prioritize now to deal with the issues that um, 
of the backlog and the various issues that the honorable members are, are, are raising. It is also a concern to us, the wheels of justice needs to move and needs to, to keep on turning. <clears throat> but if we, we force them, the wheels of justice to turn quickly and move quickly, we might uh, sit with the, with, with the, with, with might we might push to expose people to, to the unknown. Uh, in the prevailing in the country. The, the other one, uh, Chairperson, is the question that deals with how do we isolate. I think the department did uh, answer that. We do have isolation. Uh, we, have, uh, we are using the cells, the isolations, the cells as isolation spaces and uh, the places for, for quarantine within the various uh, facilities, which have now been cleared for, for this uh, 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 purpose. The, the other one, do we have enough uh, PPEs? Chairperson, uh, this is a difficult question because uh, no department can really claim to have enough, including in any country in the, in the world. The PPEs are a difficult, a scarce uh, commodity. But um, I can state that uh, all efforts have been put to ensure that at least the minimum requirements are there to enable the officials to, to do their job and be able to do the basic of cleaning of, of, of the centers, including the courts, the washing of hands. What is proving to be a bit difficult is the is the screening device uh, the one that screens the temperature is uh, sometimes uh, you will not really find it but we do try that uh, at least everywhere we do get it and the uh, people are, are being screened but it's not an easy device to to find at this stage because everyone is scrambling for for that device Yes, all the officials in correctional services are screened uh, every day uh, when they join or come in for their... Uh, and I think this is one of the issues that the commissioner dealt with uh, last week when they come in for their, for their shift. With regard to... To the... I think the other question was whether the regulations are it released. It is the same by Honorable Braden Park, and I think we have already answered. It's this one that deals uh, with the jogging and so forth. And with regard to the PPEs, as I have said uh, last week, one of the of the things that we did was that we have said correctional, and I think I've said it, even the department said it, must start to manufacture their own masks, which they have already started. And uh, the capacity is increasing um, to enable us to, to be able to, to be self-sufficient. And uh, we believe we can, it will be done uh, soon. But already a minimum of about 19,000 masks have been produced but as we speak today, it's, uh, it's more than that because the states are, were for the preparation of the last meeting. But there's also a process to also be able to produce our own soap. 
the department is still uh, engaging with the SAPS and the Department of Health and the kind of educational institutions that have already produced this kind of soap for themselves to, to deal with the specifications. And in the middle of May, we will be able to have a report and we may also be able to to start with the with the with the with that production. As to how many officials have recovered, up to now we we have about um, in the Eastern Cape. You will remember we had 91 uh, 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 people who were affected, both inmates and officials. 35 officials and 56 inmates. We have 18 recoveries. And uh, in the Western Cape, as we speak today, is 49. Officials are 46. Three inmates. One death that is still under investigation by the Department of Health to confirm whether it's COVID-related or is any other factor. Limpombo, two. And uh, is now one recover. Houting eleven, three officials and eight inmates. So those are the states as we speak uh, today, uh, Chairperson. And uh, you will realize that the number of uh, the people affected the most up to this stage is the officials. And because of the screening and the practicing of the procedures that uh, are expected to be practiced, it has minimized the, the number of inmates that uh, come into contact with the disease because it enables the department to, to quickly identify people who might have been exposed or who might be affected by the disease. So, Chairperson, I think those are the questions or the comments that um, at this stage I can I can deal with that I had written down. Unless if I could have missed one or two, but I think I have gone. I have tried to go through all the questions. Chairperson, I'm not sure if you're still there, but uh, it seems as if you might not be here. I, 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 I'm done the comments on the questions or on the comments. Honorable uh, Sheikh, are you there? Person, can I continue with my question? I was the next in the absence. Yes. Uh, now, no, thank, thank you, Minister, for, for, for your input. Um, I think, as Honorable Magonish had indicated earlier, that uh, we would take then a second round of questions. Um, I, 
if members can indicate who would want to speak, uh, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll take a look at the chat as well. But in the interim, uh, Honorable Muteta no, can... It was me who was supposed to come. Yeah, I've noted you, Honorable Muteta. Can you note me also, Honorable Maseko Jele? Teto. Okay. Any other honorable member? Honorable Maseko Jele, I would love to. Have yes, ma'am. I've I've noted you. Okay. Thank you. Is there any other member? Yes, Madam Chair. Who's that? Can you state your name, please? Simon Fayela. Simon uh, Fayela. Yes. <coughs> uh, I don't remember, I have the three names. Um, my apologies because I'm doing everything on my phone and I don't have the pop-up pop chat here, so uh, I have to go in and refer to the chat. Is there any I'm other member? I'm the fourth Honorable one. Honorable I'm the fourth one. Is that Honorable Dodovo? Yes. Okay, I know your voice. Okay. Okay, all members, I'm uh, going to suggest that you... Can you put me on number five, Chair? Honorable Zandamela. Okay, we, we'll then take the, these five. Um, can we then start with Honorable Mtetwa, followed by Honorable Maseko Jele? Honorable Mtetwa? Yes, thank you, Chair Chairperson, for the platform. Uh, Minister, I just want you to ask you a question. Is there any plan for those prisoners that they might find, you might find that they are... Um, eligible to be released uh, and they are found to be having or they are positive. Is there any plan that the, the, what is the department going to do with those prisoners? Will they still keep them in prison for a longer period or are they going to release them straight to their family irrespective of being positive? The, third, the second question, Chair, is that uh, those that, um, <clears throat> in terms of your, your, your big accords, some of them you have already answered in the first questionnaire that was, I was put to you. Are there any courts that are also find, uh, uh, tested positive? And how are you dealing with them, especially your big accords, your Marie Speck, your Plumfontein, and others? How many of those that you have found, are there any uh, that are found to be positive. Thank you so much, Chair. I'm done, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Tetwa. Uh, Honorable Maseko Jele. Thank you, Chairperson. And also, let me apologize to the meeting. Uh, I've been having a problem of connecting for two meetings, even the previous one. Uh, maybe some of the questions that I will be asking would have been maybe would have been asked before, but you will pardon me, the uh, minister. Uh, 
But the first question that I would like to ask is the, the one that you have just alluded to in terms of the recoveries. I just want to find out, is there any awaiting period for those that have recovered for them to come and join the team uh, after they have uh, uh, recovered? Uh, the second one is um, in terms of the control of the queue uh, at, at, at the courts, uh, as you alluded also earlier, we have experience of our people having long queues, having to come early in the morning when, when they go to the, the clinic, for example. Now they are going to have to queue when they have to access services at, at, at our offices, also uh, at, at the masters. Like I, I, I've seen a document where they were saying, where we were saying uh, you are, we're going to take maybe 50 per day. Uh, I just want to find out how ready we are in terms of uh, controlling those queues because people will come early in the morning. Some of them will come 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock for them to be given an opportunity, in fact, to be attended to. Are we ready? Do we have the capacity uh, in making sure that we, we, we manage that area? I think the last one, uh, Minister, it's about the... We, we are opening now. Uh, soon we'll be going to level three. We are at level four. Uh, I just want to see, because remember, we, we, we have to balance our work in terms of uh, uh, dealing with the issues of COVID-19, but also continue with our daily work that we're supposed to be doing. Uh, I want to know, because now we are now easing uh, the restrictions uh, in terms of COVID. Uh, sometimes next week we'll have to meet you in terms of the, 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 the midterm report, how ready we are. Thank you, Chairperson. I'll pause. Thank you. Um, Honorable Mpayela. Yes, uh, Madam Chair. Uh, firstly, I want to thank uh, the Minister for his uh, last week uh, presentation. It was very informative. Thank you so much. But uh, my concern to the minister is the correctional services centers, those are in, those in the rural areas. Those centers sometimes they become a prime spot. And I would love uh, the minister to help me, tell me if there is any special arrangement for those uh, correctional services in rural areas. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Payela. Honorable Dedovo. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. I also want to join the queue to, to thank the Minister for the wonderful work that he's doing. Actually, I just marvel at how he is able to grasp and to to analyze the situation in the department and deal with all the issues and the challenges that are facing us. I think this is quite inspiring on, on this side. I, I, I somewhat, I'm somewhat worried than maybe the rest of you about, about the COVID 
2019 and the conduct of our own people. Uh, I, I have a sense every day that instead of going to three, uh, we will go to five again. I'm not pessimistic, but I think just in the way that our people are conducting themselves, uh, for me, it is, it's worrisome. And I link this particular point with the fact that the, the department is intending or is using some of the correctional facilities as, as, uh, as the quarantine zones, which is quite important. But I think, I know that this is not the domain of the minister per se, it is the domain of the president. I think they must seriously look at the issue of releasing those prisoners who ought to be, to, who ought to be out because the magnitude of this particular crisis for me is quite serious and I think we need to be ready at all fronts in terms of what is going to happen in the future so that we are not caught napping. And for me, if that particular matter can be given the necessary attention it deserves, it's an important matter because it is a preemptive strike on our part to ensure that whatever the consequences that are going to come about, we are able to to mitigate them. Um, thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Dutovo. Thank you, Honorable Dutovo. Honorable Zanamega. Thank, uh, thank you, Chair. Am I audible? Uh, you're audible, but we don't see you. <laughs> you don't see me, Chair. Uh, okay, right. I can ask my question then. Uh, Minister, we are, we are actually approaching the, 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 the winter season. Or if not uh, that we are there yet, and uh, it's, uh, it's a known fact that uh, COVID-19 symptoms are similar to the flu symptoms. Uh, what measures have you put in place uh, to immunize uh, the prisoners uh, in all your, the correctional services uh, and facilities? Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honorable uh, Dandamela. Um, Minister, I think if you can respond to these questions. Uh, our members are not taking this is our last round of questions. Sorry, Chair, I would like to add Steve Swart, but I thought there'd be another round of follow-up questions. I wanted other people just to questions before I put follow-up if it's possible. Would you like me to put a short follow-up? No, it's fine, uh, Honorable Swart. I'll, I'll, I'll note you for the next round then. Okay. Thank you. Honorable Minister, if you could respond to those questions. Thank you, uh, honorable uh, members. Uh, thank you for the questions. I think uh, the last question from honorable uh, Zanda Mela, I have already answered it. It was also asked by honorable Swart about the issue of immunization, whether we, we have put any plan to immunize all the prisoners. And I have stated that um, <clears throat> What has to happen is, is, is as per the guidelines of the Department of Health. And um, what must happen with our inmates is what should happen with all members of the public. And it will be practically impossible for, for, for the Department of Health to immunize all South Africans in relation to, to the flu season that is coming it will also be practically impossible for us to immunize all the inmates. Eh? 
because if also when you look at the issue of immunization, is that um, the health department orders the, the immunization for flu a year in advance. So what we are dealing with, whatever stock we are having now for the immunization was ordered a, a year in advance. And that is because the Department of Health or the private sector or anyone, they were looking at the average flu that we're having, the normal flu as we had. It was not anticipated that we are going to have COVID-19. So most of, of, of what is available for immunization, it is uh, advised uh, that it should be mostly reserved for health practitioners and so those who will be in the forefront because of the limited uh, scale that is there. So ourselves as members of the public, we will have to ensure that we prevent by washing hands, by cleaning wherever we are, and all those uh, kind of things because it is very few members of the public or inmates that might be lucky to get the immunization. So it will be also good for us to reserve it for for health practitioners who will be in the forefront in this battle uh, for the next three, six months. It's a global uh, issue, uh, this one, even the normal immunization for the flu. The, 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 the other one of um, uh, Honorable uh, Dodovu, I think it was also asked by Honorable Moela and uh, Honorable uh, 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 James uh, Silfi about the, 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 what is in the discretion of the president and that uh, we should give it a serious consideration. As I've said, that um, I will not want to add and fuel any further speculations, but I can say with certainty that uh, indeed the matter is receiving serious consideration. And uh, there is also an understanding from the executive and all of us that it's an urgent matter. I think uh, I can go to only to that uh, extent. Uh, hopefully, honorable members will understand what I mean because I do not want to fuel further the speculations in the country and also the anxiety in the in the cells. The other one uh, relates to Honorable uh, Mfaila, whether we have got special programs for 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 the rural uh, prisons. Uh, I can say that uh, the, the standard operating procedure is the same countrywide for each and every place. Even in the rural areas, the standard operating procedure and the guidelines are the same. They are expected to do the simplest thing, washing of hands, uh, use of hand gloves for the officials who will be opening the gates, members of the public, the screening, and uh, the cleaning, deep cleaning, it is a bit, um, it's not very difficult and complex, particularly for us in the rural areas, because most of, some of them are not very big uh, uh, centers. It's a few of them that you find that they are big, uh, like Tala uh, in 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 in, 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 in and um, 
Madaji, Inbenda, some few of them, but some are at least manageable uh, in that regard. And um, they, they do follow the procedures because it is clear to everyone, even in the facilities, that this disease is not an urban disease. It is anywhere in the country. It is also very risky or available in some of the rural areas because those areas were areas where international tourists um, liked to visit. Or they, they, they were moving around. So there's no one who is immune. All of us have to act the same. And our officials have been taken through the training as reported by the commissioner. They do understand that they have to act uh, in a manner that uh, is responsive. Uh, the other question is whether we will be ready for the midterm reports. The reality is that we, 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 we are, but um, the COVID-19 situation has has turned our, uh, upside down all our plans. It has rendered some of the things uh, irrelevant and it has made us to rethink the situation. So that is where we are. It's a reality that uh, our lives as we move on will have to be lived and be aligned to to the to the to the to the virus as as we now know it. The issues that relate to the master fifty people and um, how will we ensure social distancing, including in the courts? They, indeed, the security people are able to they are assigned to ensure that even with the queues, uh, there is a practice of social distancing. At least with the master, we are lucky that uh, most of their functions and services can be done uh, through electronic means. And that's why Honorable Horn will have observed that uh, most of their services are back. is because most of them can be done um, through electronic means. And that is what we are encouraging the master. We have said whatever that they can do electronically, they must do so. And um, we are hoping that this will translate also to the courts as we move. That whatever that can be done electronically must be done electronically or through digital platforms. Because that is the future of, of, of any work where people can be able to interact through this kind of a, of a, of a platform. The, 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 I think the last uh, question is, the, is whether do we have any plan with regard to those that are going to be released and they have tested positive. Yes, we are in engagement with the Department of Health because if a, a person who is in quarantine, we will have to be advised by the Department of Health whether if he or she is released, can he or she be transported to the a quarantine facility that the Department of Health has identified, or that person can complete the quarantine within our our facilities. So that is a is a because we, we, we have to get advices from health from time to time. That is how we, we, we are handling such situations because they they 
the Department of Health and Public Works has identified quarantine sites across the country, which uh, can be used also by those that uh, they are they have to be released. And um, the last uh, 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 question was uh, for how long do we allow the the officials to come back? It's the same that. Uh, the period of quarantine as advised by the Department of Health is 14 days. By the time you or she finishes that period, uh, it is also the advice from health that they guide us when can the person come back, can they come back immediately upon the finishing of the of the quarantine or they should still be. So we, we rely on what they advise us to, to do. And I think that is a... Uh, Honorable Swap can also help us with that uh, advice. No, thank, thank you, Minister. Thank you, Minister, for those responses. Uh, I think you have covered all, all the, the questions asked. Um, I think, Honorable Swap, you said you had a follow-up. I was hoping as the Minister responded to the other questions, he would have covered your follow-up. But if you still have a follow-up, um, I also want to note if there's any other member who has a follow-up, and this would be our last round uh, of questions for the minister. I think it's it's just Honourable Swar. Honourable Swar. Thank you, Co-Chair. Um, minister, thank you for your responses. And indeed, today is my day 50 since I had the first symptoms, but after two weeks, the doctors basically indicated that I was. But Minister, generally speaking, and again, thank you for the messages of support. We appreciate the public health concerns, but again, I just want to emphasize, and what Co-Chair Magwanishi said is if we can come with um, suggestions, recommendations to take back to the command council, please let us do that, is that there is an increasing pushback from the public. And I'm just concerned that the command council needs to appreciate that. When you gave the explanation about the jogging and the cycling, it was not persuasive. And I say this with the greatest respect. When you gave the issues about the restriction on movement, these are very, very severe restrictions. And when you consider the number of people that are without food at the moment, that are saying we'd rather die of COVID-19 than of starvation. These are very serious issues. Could I ask you to consider as well in the light of that and the need for counseling and the need for pastoral care for the command council to consider declaring spiritual leaders, essential services, your imams, your rabbis, your pastors, your reverends. It's, there's a critical need, and I'm not talking the issue of gatherings is separate, but just to allow them to visit correctional services, to visit their congregations with very strict health and hygiene. That would go a long way to the psychological and spiritual um, suffering that a lot of people are enduring at the moment. We need, the command needs to get the public buy-in and initiate the good work of the lockdown is being dissipated by a sense of a very strong and heavy-handed response. And this, 
you indicated largely when you gave justification was the police need to do this, the police need to do that. And I think that is a concern. Can you also comment whether this is correct that the United Nations this week warned that South Africa has created a toxic lockdown culture to an increasing heavy-handed and brutal law enforcement strategy? Now, we appreciate, and I'm speaking from personal experience, that this is an unknown terrain, an unknown terrain. But we've got to balance the issues of starvation, the issues of deprivation, and the number of people that might die on that side with the need of COVID-19. So I hope you hear my heart in this, Minister. We, as a lawyer as well, you also issued, uh, I don't think you responded to my issue of court cases and mediation, but there's increasing um, concerns from our side as well about whether these regulations are constitutional and whether they will stand the test of court challenges given the interest in your personal liberties, balancing balance that needs to take place. So could you also tell us about the mediation processes that you spoke about? And thank you, Co-Chair, for allowing me a little bit of an extended time because I really want to assess the process going forward. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Swart. Uh, Minister, uh, I think he has also raised a few questions uh, in what he said. Perhaps if you could respond to those. Um, and then I would also want you to make uh, any final comments that you would want to make. Thank you, Minister. Yeah, thank you, uh, Honorable Members, for the questions and comments. They are... They are not just comments and questions, they are also eye-opening to us. Um, as Honorable Swart uh, says, we, we remain open to constructive criticism. As you look from the first day of the declaration of the state of disaster, up until today, the uh, government has made a lot of concessions with regard to the regulations, and we remain open to be persuaded otherwise. Uh, and, uh, with the last one, although it's a it's a difficult task, or we opened up for public uh, inputs, we benefited a lot from the public inputs, and we continue to do so, even from the inputs by by honourable members here. And uh, most of the issues that relates to the balancing of the economy, the balancing of the social life the balancing of the rights of uh, members of a society as enshrined in the constitution. It's what the command council always grappled with, to balance all those uh, competing interests, including the rights of uh, all South Africans. I must say it is not an easy task because um, we are dealing with an unknown um, animal. But um, we do want to ensure that whatever that we do is within the permissible limits of the constitution. The the and the and the the the, the, the issue honorable Swart is raising about the mediation and um, arbitration. We 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 we, we have uh, we, we want to encourage the members of the public to use those kind of mechanisms so that um, it is a voluntary mechanism. It does not take the rights of any South African to go to court if they so wish, and they believe their disputes cannot be resolved. 
But what we have come to, to learn in this uh, one month is that most of the disputes can be resolved. They can be a solution, uh, they can be mediated upon, and that is what we want to encourage, that um, where disputes arise between government and the members of the public or any manner of disputes or issue, they must, we must find a way of uh, resolving it. It must, the court must be a last resort where we cannot really resolve any, any issue. With regard to the declaration of, a, of, a, of a, some of the pastors and imams to help us um, with, um, with, um, with some of the counseling, uh, and I get the point that it's not about the, the church service, it's about counseling for them to do that part, because their part is not only to, to preach in a church service, they also have a role that they play in terms of counseling and um, I think uh, it's a it's a point again which um, we will engage with the Minister of uh, Social Development, who is empowered by the regulations to issue directions uh, in that regard. I think uh, I will uh, take the message to to her and uh, see how can this issue be be, be handled and um, who can be able to to deal with it and. Uh, uh, in a manner that um, it also does not get uh, abused by some of the uh, 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 people who, who may <clears throat> want to abuse it, not only to, to, pro to provide the service, but uh, for, for other activities. So I think uh, we'll engage her to find that kind of a, of a balance. And um, we 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 recognize that the success of um, the of of South Africa in the fight against the COVID-19 is not only in the hands of government; it's in the hands of all South Africans. The the members of the public, by them uh, doing social distancing without them being monitored and policed by the police or the members of the defence force, they have their own responsibility. The private sector, the various NGOs and civil society, uh, religious organizations. It is not only us who will uh, succeed. And I think it is for that reason that the president extended the consulting hand to members. And uh, we have benefited from the wisdom of the, of the members of society on, uh, on many of these issues. Because some of the issues we may not uh, be be aware, but there are South Africans who understand and are aware, and they have helped us to to navigate to to a level where we are today. And we believe that uh, we are in this together. We can be able to sail through as a nation. Thank you. Thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Minister, for for your responses, for all of your responses, and and thank you, Honourable Members. Um, I think uh, between uh, this session and the one we had previously, and uh, all the responses we received from the minister, the deputy ministers, uh, the officials of the department, I think we've had a fairly constructive engagement, uh, Minister. Um, 
I think uh, this is not the end of uh, our oversight role in terms of uh, the department's response uh, to COVID-19. We will continue with with our oversight role during this difficult period. And uh, Minister, this is not the last that I think we'll be seeing of you. Um, I think, honourable members, we've, we've actually come to the end of uh, this meeting. Um, I want to thank you all for your engagement and your participation. Once again, thanks, thank you, Minister. And I think I want to declare this meeting closed. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Brother.